Hello and welcome to the Hall of Fame Movie Podcast. Listen to Matt Levy and Mark Rossi as they put their cinema studies degrees to good use and induct the best movies of all time into their own Hall of Fame. With no further ado, roll the camera. Another week, and we are back with Mark and our returning guest, Bill. Mark, how are you today? I am doing great. I am energized, ready to go, and ready to keep that momentum going so that I can stay up to watch WandaVision. (laughs) Great. And Bill, thanks for coming back. How are you? Pew, 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 pew. We got to get a soundboard or something going on here. (laughs) Or not, because already (laughs) it's annoying. (laughs) So we'll take a vote after the podcast on the soundboard. (laughs) But guys, we are back. Thank you for returning to another episode of the Hall of Fame podcast. But we are once again continuing our marvel retrospective the mcu with phase three and because phase three is actually too big to tackle in one episode we decided let's do phase 3.1 and phase 3.2 or i guess that's how we'll number it and we're going to release them a year apart but we're going to record them at the same time. We're going to Lord of the Rings it. <laughs> we're going to, we're right. We're going to tape it all together and then right. slowly drip it out to you guys. <laughs> so today we plan on tackling the first few titles from phase three, like we've done previously. And phase three, I think you guys would agree. They go to, I think phase three, they, they go to some different places. I think as far as they tackle much bigger, darker, as far as themes, elements, and I think they they really hit their stride in Phase 3. Yeah, Phase 3 is really different as far as scale, and it's like right off the bat with the first film we're going to cover. That really gives you an idea of the scale that they're looking to build to at the very end. It feels huge to start, and by the time we get to the end, the universe that it's in, like the number of characters is just tremendously long. Yeah, that and all the, the plot threads up to, to this point are sort of been weaving into the culmination of this phase and almost every movie we talk about here besides a couple of origin stories most of them are stories that have been building up to 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 this point i think phase three also represents where they did get a little i, I know you're singing his praises that's awesome i agree they also got a little lax in phase three they also got pretty confident in every one of their decisions to a point where even they would refuse to admit that Maybe it wasn't the best idea or it didn't. It wasn't as good as they thought it was. And they just kind of pushed through it, you know, because the end goal was always there. You know, this is when I think at the start of this is when they were like, we're building to Thanos Infinity War. I don't remember what DC did. DC had come out with some news. Was it Justice League? And then their their response was, "Well, well, we're doing Infinity War. And it was weird that ultimately time has shown that the Marvel movies were the better of the movies. Although we won't know until this month <laughs> when the <laughs> when Snyder takes another swing. <laughs> Bill, Bill, I didn't know it was possible to cringe both externally and internally at the same time until you said that. Listen, I will. I am. I'm gonna make myself like that movie. <laughs> That's a hell of a ship to die on. I, <laughs> I do agree with 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 some of you have to say, Bill. And I'm interested to see as we go through some of these movies where some of those talking points come up, where some of what you said there about some of these movies, you're right. Not everything here is a home run. So let's let's talk about some of those. And the first one, I think Mark was saying, the scale is enormous. And when this movie was first discussed, 
it was actually originally written as Iron Man 4 was the original title or what the media was was scoping it as. And then they said, no, it's a Captain America movie, but Iron Man has signed to do it too. And then you heard that they're going on to do a Civil War movie based on the comic book story. So this was 2016, Captain America Civil War. And Mark, I will start with you. Your thoughts on Civil War? Yeah, I, I kind of already tipped my hand a little bit. It really, as the first movie of, of Phase 3, you're really kind of setting the stage of, you know, to Bill Chagrin of we're, we're plowing towards, we're plowing towards that as we're plowing towards the infinity war. Right. So there's, there's some threads that they want to kind of, you know, place so that you have that through line into it, but scale the captain America movies with winter soldier. And then this one really feel like Avengers, you know, like 2.5 is, is how this has been described uh, by a lot of people. I feel like that's accurate. It has the same Avengers scale. There's a massive battle and the introduction of Tom Holland as Spider-Man into the MCU as well. So there's some big notes there. I love this movie. I know it is not the civil war that, you know, is in the comics whatsoever, but taking that out of, out of the, the discussion, if I look at it just as not as an adaptation, but as its own story, I think they do a really great job with it. I think the connection with Bucky and Iron Man leading to that final confrontation between the three of them, you know, with Cap, Bucky and, and Iron Man kind of going at it makes perfect sense. There are some decisions that they made, obviously, with like Daniel Brühl's character, uh, Helmet Zero. But we, I think, I think overall, I, I, lo- I really like the movie. I think it sets a perfect tone for, all right, this is the size that you're going to be expecting and, and it's going to get bigger from here as we get to that, that final spot that they were trying to get to, you know, through the three phases. All right. Very well said. And Bill, where do you stand? I agree. I think it, I think it is a very good movie. I, I guess I'm just not chapped, but I guess I felt a little tricked. I think you hit it right on the head when you said it's a good adaptation of the story with the tools that they had at their disposal. You know, when I heard Civil War, I was most excited and kind of confused because I was like, well, they can't do this without the Fantastic Four and the X-Men. Like, it it doesn't work. That's like the big, that's the other side of this. But if you look at it as an adaptation or not even, because it doesn't, it's not the same. Like, it it really doesn't cover, the, the breaking point isn't the same thing. So... It's cool, and I get that it is still a civil war, right? It's still, I guess, by 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 the term, it still displays that. I don't know. I guess I went in with two. It was a whole season of the X Men cartoon, let alone like a giant comic book storyline, you know. So, I mean, they could pull it off. It didn't feel bloated. Uh, Tom Holland coming in was phenomenal because it didn't come in, wasn't shoehorned. You weren't like, oh, I guess this is kind of. He was just Spider Man from that point, like, right? You know, it, it was amazing. There was there were some things that you know, a little bomb that Hulk and you know. Hulk disappeared and you know stuff like that but it's given us Zemo right who's back again for the series which right. is cool another another villain coming back in the series as we discussed overall it was great it, it really was a great movie it showed a lot of cool character and a lot of cool depth to the Iron Man character and continue to add that depth it gave us that really creepy scene in the beginning where he was young or old or whatever and then it was like a hollow room a nano room or whatever remember that yeah the hologram yeah 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 it was it was good it was a great follow-up like you said, it made those Captain America movies 
the first one is about Captain America and the rest just became these ensemble pieces that he fits perfectly into. And that was the best way to utilize his character. Yeah. I think that's well said as well. And for me, this movie at first didn't hit that high. I didn't like seeing the characters you like fighting each other. So I didn't love that aspect of it. I thought the introduction, the kind of, I think it's a cold open where it ends up with Scarlet Witch against, you know, taking the bomb and exploding and blowing up the building. And they're chasing crossbones around, which was cool seeing him return after Winter Soldier. I thought that was a cool intro. I think the introduction, you said Spider-Man is getting introduced here, but so does Black Panther. And I thought his introduction with his father and, and the death scene, I thought that was really well done and him trying to get retribution. Yeah, I think this movie, I think it was Mark or Bill that said it. This movie is extremely ambitious and it feels like an Avengers movie. And sometimes you think when you see that airport scene, how can they ever top this? I mean, these the amount of characters on screen and some of them are kind of showboat. Now they're really fighting each other. Is it believable? Would they fight each other? And it gets real at some points, but you're watching basically 20 heroes fight each other. And it, it, it's some part of it. You're like, you want to see a bad guy. You don't want to see them hurt each other. Like you don't want to watch it. So it's, but then it gets real at the very, very end. Obviously, as you guys said, when they're, when Iron Man's fighting versus winter soldier and cap, it gets real for them. And obviously when they bring Iron Man's parents and that story and Cap knew all along. And that part of it also bothers me and some fans like that Cap knew this whole time, but couldn't tell him. And he would hide it and lie to supposedly his friend. So I have things that I, I obviously battle with as far as plot and, and this movie, but I think it's ambitious. I think it leads the story in the next direction where they want it to go. It's not like you guys said at all, the exact Civil War story from the comics, but with, with the tools they had and the story they were telling, this is about as good as it was going to get. And I think uh, for me, it might it might surprise some people. I don't know. I'm not probably from this phase, not in my favorite movies, but I think there's some really awesome sequences and moments in the movie. In that airport fight that you just mentioned, were Scarlet Witch and Vision there? Yeah, they are. They were both there. So Vision's the one that actually ends up hurting uh, War Machine, correct? That's how it kind of ends. Accidentally attacks him. Yep, yep. He tries. See, so, so he uh, hit Falcon with his beam. Falcon ducks, and he uh, takes out the uh, the power source on his suit. And right. He's basically a dead duck. Right. How do they explain that? Is Wanda just holding back? Wanda's fighting Vision a little bit. It doesn't make sense because in the beginning of the movie, Vision yeah. kind of has Scarlet Witch, which she's not even Scarlet Witch yet. You know, she's yeah. Wanda. He's kind of holding Wanda almost prisoner where she is, kind of keeping an eye on her. Right. And then. By the end, they're lovers again. <laughs> like you put me in my room, just uh, what she said to I think to Tony Stark. Yeah, but I, I like how the, we take issues with some of the plot points. Can we talk about how the Sokovia Accords are unenforceable? <laughs> right, right, unenforceable because <laughs> they you have no regulatory power internationally like countries have their own laws you can't overwrite their own laws you can't compel people to reveal their identities like that's a violation of free speech so right. i'm gonna take my issue right there that's the axe that i'm gonna grunt yeah no there's definitely bones you could pick i mean who's really gonna enforce this against 10 of the 20 of the strongest superheroes in the world well in the comic storyline the sentinels enforce it and we did not have the sentinels did we but even so if we took if we take because you know we're, we're obviously now placing everything in in more of the real world from a legal standpoint they have no basis to enforce anything i just wanted to throw that out there for the viewers and for <laughs> my co-hosts <laughs> so i'd say we we all think it's a good movie there's obviously 
there's some issues with this movie, but I think his ambition and the moments and the sequences probably outweigh any of the negatives that we're going to talk about here. I think most people say it's a good movie. Right. I just want to say, I think the interplay between the characters, both when they're being adversarial and when they're on the same team are fantastic. Those are always pitch perfect. He's amazing. He's the right balance of like snarky and, and kind of nerdy. And Paul Rudd is always delightful as he like meets Captain America. I can imagine that's how Paul Rudd actually met Chris Evans on set. Well, I think that's, I'm glad you mentioned that because these movies are, I think, at its best. It's when these characters are interacting with each other. You know, when you have Spider-Man talking to Captain America and he's like, oh, you're from Queens, you're from Brooklyn. And it's those little moments that feel like a comic book when you're having them talk to each other for the first time. These characters that haven't met each other. I think that's when we all get giddy and excited. And those might be small moments here and there dispersed without the movie. I think it's good that you brought that up. I just think as a New Yorker, I thought the the funny part of him saying, where are you from, kid? And he says, Queens. And he just says, Brooklyn. Like, Brooklyn shitting on Queens is like quintessentially New York. And I thought that was (laughs) hilarious. Uh, This movie actually does have uh, some great Black Widow stuff in it. She has a really good fight with the Winter Soldier, right? That's in the lobby in this one? Yeah, that lobby scene's awesome. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, that's really good. She has a couple phenomenal sequences for sure. Right, yeah, definitely. So that'll lead us to 2016. So the same year, we were introduced to Benedict Cumberbatch in Doctor Strange. And Bill, the microphone is yours. This was the trailer, I think, of all of... And I know this is going to maybe sound crazy, but this is the trailer of all of these Marvel movies that I remember seeing and actually just kind of just being like, wow, they are going for it. Visually... It was quick to compare it to Inception, and maybe that's how some people wrote it off uh, at the time. Uh, however, this is a visually, it's all CG, so you take what it, but it doesn't ever try to hide that it's CG. You're never going to be like, oh, that, that, no, that building's doing that, and that's fine. Maybe you are, but it leans into it. It looks so, 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 so good. You know, it's essentially a Bruce Wayne, rich guy story, you know, gets hurt, has powers now, but it was done really well. I know there's some controversy about the casting. I agree. But I liked the story. I thought it was a, a new story to be for them to be telling. It felt like a, a new something new added to the universe where all of a sudden, I, I don't know, it, it brought magic in in a really cool way. Scarlet Witch was around, right. But now I, I, I connected more to this magic. I thought, you know, this was, to me, this appealed to me more, this story. The enemy was awesome. How he had to defeat Dormammu was so cool. And it brought in that really cool. Think about how much in um in I'm not jumping ahead, but in Infinity War, that fight with Thanos on the moon, how much of that is visually based around stuff from Doctor Strange? Right. And that was the first time they did like that, and Strange showed up in that movie. You'd be like, "What is this? This can't. I don't get this." It was cool. It was a really cool movie. I've only watched it twice, but I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I look forward to the second one. I think it's I think it's cool. I think he played him really well. He looked great as him. Uh, comic accurate which not isn't always that important but and i liked that when he was dr strange and they were filming in new york city he would go into comic shops as dr strange that's awesome you know any any of the guys that do that any actor actress just let's say actor is a blanket term that means all actors right um any 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 of them that do that that take their costumes from set and keep them and show up a couple of the guys in the marvel universe do that anyone that's so cool you know, you know that he's such a fan of of it and will do that i liked it i thought it was really cool and it, it made me honestly it was one of the ones that when it ended i was like i want to immediately see the sequel of this i think it was a cool addition a cool character that was interesting mark how about you i'm 
right on board with Bill. This I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very different visually, and it just had like a very different feel to it as well. Uh, Scott Derrickson, who directed it and was set to direct the second one, but then stepped away, has more of a background in thriller, horror, things like that. So his approach to the story, the the way that the movie kind of progresses is very different from everything else. So like Matt had mentioned at the outset of this podcast, trying to take things different directions, not only from like a, a large you know, top-down type of view, but in the minute details of the way that a film's going to feel by having people with very different backgrounds have, you know, the reins of these films really benefits in giving a different feel for each of these characters. I love Benedict Cumberbatch and basically everything that he does. So I think he's really great. I, I like that he also, aside from going in costume to comic stores, would go in costume to get coffee. First off, why is he getting coffee? That's also awesome that he's getting coffee himself, but that he decided to do it in full Doctor Strange costume. I think he, he did it after like like a bunch of fight scenes. So not only was he in costume, but he was like kind of beat up and he had like all these like fake blood and like dirt and everything like that. And he said the best part about it being in New York City is that no one like blinked an eye. He like they looked at him for a second and then just went right back to their day. So again, quintessential <laughs> New York things. Very um, cool. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. But I, I think casting issues aside, I still think Tilda Swinton did a, 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 great, a great job. Would we have preferred it have been cast differently? Probably. I, I would agree that I have no problem seeing the controversy, but in the product that we have, I think she does a great job. And I think like Bill had mentioned, the, the way that we get to and deal with Dormammu is really cool. So I enjoyed it thoroughly. Awesome. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think this movie goes to different places. I know we, with Thor was the first time you really went to more of like a fantasy world. Then Guardians of the Galaxy brought us to outer space. I feel like this, even though we're still in New York, I thought this brought us to the magic, the mystical arts. And Benedict Cumberbatch is perfect casting if we talked about good casting for any previous roles this is about as good as it gets as far as i think the the fans actually had asked for him prior to his casting i think there was like a whole legion of people asking him to be cast when they eventually do dr strange i think the cloak is awesome as a character i think the cloak is is just kind of has a personality it's almost like the magic carpet in aladdin he just kind of has yeah own, that's a great poll that's a great you know poll. and the the visuals of this movie you guys both talked about it very much reminded me of inception where kind of the buildings folded into each other but a little more cgi a little more trippy here than inception uh, i think the villain uh, besides dormammu which i kind of liked his story because i think he's an underrated villain in that he was a good guy he was on their side he was one of them and he kind of saw what was happening and I, I kind of like those kind of stories where you can kind of understand where a person got from point A to point B. They didn't just kind of go. They're not just evil for the sake of being evil. He feels like he has a purpose and he feels like he is the he feels like he's the good guy in the story. And I always like that kind of villain. But I think the movie's good. I think, you know, the whole tragedy of him losing his hands and he's this amazing surgeon. He's kind of a jerk like Tony Stark. So there's a little similarity there. But seeing him become a good person. I don't like how quickly he masters. It's almost like it's like a two second montage. It's like, I'm awesome now. I'm great at this. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess you're supposed to believe that because he was so good as a surgeon. I love me some Rachel McAdams. I'm happy she's back for the sequel. I think she adds so much 
credibility. And I think she's great in this role. I, I was actually surprised that she took on the role to begin with. And I think she makes the movie better that she's in it. So yeah, yeah. I'm with you there. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of the movie. I don't think it's the best origin story. I don't think it's an elite Marvel movie, but this is, again, it's in that like middle of the pack. Like it's solid. It's good. Like Bill, I've probably only seen it two or three times completely. Yeah. I think we're all I've the seen, same boat there. I think I've seen bits and pieces a couple times, but completely maybe only two or three times, but I've always enjoyed it. I enjoyed the basketball court scene where at this point he couldn't figure out any solution to fixing his hands and he yeah. actually flips out on Rachel McAdams character and she's actually I felt really bad for her there because she's like really like putting her heart on her sleeve and really being a good person to him and she right. he's just a complete jerk to her mm-hmm. and then he goes to meet this guy that supposedly had a similar type injury that was irreparable and kind of says it's kind of like one of those like mind over matter type things and I think it's right. a cool theme with this of the movie that you know your mind is more powerful than you really then you know that it can do things right. that can take you to different places. So yeah, I'm all for this movie. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the connection that I always made with it, but between him being a jerk and the accent that you usually get from the UK actors when they do like a nondescript American accent is like Dr. House. It's like what I thought immediately. Again, that's not to detract from Benedict Cumberbatch. I also love me some Dr. House, but that's like the first connection I made. It's like, oh, like a, a misanthropic type of, doctor that has an ego problem yeah uh yeah dr house that's a good that's a good call out so that'll bring us to guardians of the galaxy volume two this came out in 2017 it followed up the surprising guardians galaxy one and let's uh let's have matt kick it off hey throws it right back at the host cool so for me I loved me the mixtape in, in volume one. So when they finished volume one with, hey, there was another disc that was left behind for you for volume two. I'm like, yes, we're getting more music. That's kind of what I was most excited for going into the movie was like, give me some cool music. And the movie starts off right in the beginning with, you know, another 80s hit. So this movie for me is, I think, underrated. I think because it's on the heels of Guardians of the Galaxy one, it comes after, has to follow that surprising hit. I think people are sometimes down on this movie. They're down on the villain. They're down on, but I think these characters all progress. They all evolve throughout this movie. Again, their relationships to each other, again, still evolving. I think it's highly entertaining. I think, again, James Gunn is is just really hitting on all cylinders. He knows these characters. I don't mind the villain of Ego. I think some people have, have, have pooped on his, not, maybe not his interpretation or the writing of the character or how it's portrayed or is it a worthy villain, or that he is the father, because I don't think in all comic book iterations is he the father of Star-Lord. Accuracy here, you know, here or not. I enjoy the movie. I think it's fun. And I am along for the ride and like it. And some of the Nebula stuff. I I like the introduction of... Mantis? Thank you. The introduction of Mantis. I, I totally enjoy the movie. I think it's fun. This is one that when I was revisiting it, I, I changed my opinion slightly. Because, uh, you know, the people that Matt was just talking about, who were poo-pooing on the movie. That was me. Maybe expectations were a little bit too high because of the first movie, which again, like Matt had actually said perfectly in our previous podcast, it had the benefit of having no expectations. Now this movie had expectations. I'm going to interrupt you for a second. I think you're right though, because when I first watched, I don't remember being super high in the movie. I've now seen it like six or seven times. And I think each time I enjoy it more. But I think when I first watched it, 
I was at where you were at, but continue. Sorry. No, no, no. Well, that makes me feel better about myself now. Um, <laughs> I like the character progression for the guardians. Me personally, they had decent arcs, but I, I'm like a, a purist as, at heart as far as I want my heroes to be heroes and not to be conflicted or, you know, murderers. Uh, but I liked the progression of all of the guardians in this movie. I thought that was done really well. I thought the Yondu stuff is really moving. It's amazing that from the first movie, you almost hate him. Yeah. Or you don't really care for his character. He's kind of the same right. character he plays in Walking Dead. Right. That's a credit to Michael Rucker, though. Yeah, he's, he does, great. He does, oh, he's, he's great. He's great. He's really good at playing and, these type of characters. But yeah, even though I did like a lot of things, I thought that worked really well. Ego just falls flat for me, which okay. kills it's me to say... Hey, uh, I'm a fair. big Kurt Russell guy in general, but Ego just felt weird. And he's like planting his seedlings everywhere and getting people pregnant, which is planting his seedlings everywhere. Uh, it felt weird. And then when he gets like, has his villain turn, it felt kind of forced. Like, I don't know. It just, it didn't strike uh, strike well with me, but it's still an entertaining movie. Again, we're not talking about Thor The Dark World. Sorry that we're shitting on you again. Or me, I don't want to drag anyone else into it. Sorry that I'm shitting on you again. But even so, uh, I, I think it's still entertaining. Revisiting it, I liked it more than the the time I'd seen it previously. This is another movie I've probably seen three times in full. I've seen it, you know, caught parts here and there other than that. But overall, I still think it's good. I just think the misstep for me personally was with Ego in general, the entire uh, way that it's portrayed having him as the father the way just that entire thing was weird but i think having that introduce mantis who i think is a great character don't forget and, also, and don't forget size stallone yes i'm trying to uh, <laughs> but to have mantis introduced into the team and i think she brings a different yeah. you know element totally. to the team going forward and to have the really moving story arc completion with with yondu is totally worth you know, the slight misstep in my eyes. Bill? Uh, sorry, I'm just reading chat. Uh, Thor underscore the dark world underscore the movie says, we cool, bro. Don't worry about <laughs> ripping on me again. Oh, man, good. I was worried <laughs> for a second. Dot, dot, dot. All G-U... I think they're saying all good. All good, yeah. Okay. And they're 200 bits. Thanks, Thor underscore the dark world. <laughs> <laughs> underscore the movie. <laughs> Thanks for subscribing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think this movie is when I was kind of hinting at at the beginning of this, where they kind of got very comfortable and they were like, we can do whatever we wanted. I think this movie has some very good segments. It has very entertaining segments. The opening scene is very entertaining. A really good opening scene. The opening scene gives you that feel of we're back. Nothing was we didn't miss anything. We're right back into it. Yes, this is what Guardian should be. I think a lot of this movie, though is almost like the prequel or an issue you read like a year before a big storyline where you were like, what was that issue? And then a year later, you're like, uh, it ties into the, okay, that's why they did that thing here. It felt like, and I could be wrong, and I'm, and, uh, you know, to date, James Gunn has more of his productions made than I do. I'm at a uh, hard zero. Some <laughs> would argue it's my lack of any sort of scripts or. It's really a funding issue. Well, even just like a, I have no desire to make a movie or anything like that, but that's a different podcast. I, I just think, I think this, it felt rushed to me. It felt like they knew this was their new big 
big hit property. They wanted to get another one out quickly. And this was the movie that allowed them to just cram whatever to give a crash course in Infinity Stones, The Collector, all different planets, why Thanos is, you know, it, it was all of these things in this one movie. And yeah, I think that's fair. I think I think it's very fair, Bill. I think this this movie is more of not as the sum of the parts. That's a bad analogy, but I would say there are like seven or eight sequences that are really entertaining. Like you said, the opening sequence with that monster that they all have to take out, that is a fun five minute segment. And you're like, yep. yes, this is Guardians One. Again, awesome soundtrack playing. Baby Groot is dancing all over the place, which yeah. any human being enjoys that. I don't care who or what you are. And, and then from there, there's a lot of fun sequence. They steal the stuff from those gold people. So they're being chased in space and there's an awesome space scene. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, Rocket is defending the ship with ne- where Nebula is. And he like takes on like a hundred people just kind of like planting all of his traps and all of them. And that's kind of entertaining. And then you have the re- relationship between, you know, Mantis and Drax and you see them kind of bonding. And then the final, like ex- the final battle is a huge over the top, you know, Groot's got a little explosive and rockets flying around and Yondu, like you said, is saving the day. And these sequences, I think in this movie are what's memorable. The plot and the movie itself, probably not going to win any awards. Is that more or less? Yeah, which is, I mean, not terribly sad, but that, that Yondu thing is definitely one of the more emotional things personally for me. I feel that is up there with the previous movie, um, sorry, with Civil War, where you find out that Bucky's the one that, you know, killed his parents like it held the same weight where i was like oh wow this is this is pretty heavy right now <laughs> in a movie where the planet went around the universe m- making love to people like so uh very, very like greek mythology sorry i, I let's just i want to keep it so we, any sponsors nighttime hugging people <laughs> lay down <laughs> lay down kisses if you will <laughs> lay down kisses oh my god <laughs> But, you know, I it did it okay. It did it well. It uh, presented itself in a way that I, I guess we can o- I can only look back and say that. At the time, I don't think I left the movie being like, well, that was like a primer course for the Infinity War. I was like, oh, it was cool. We had some cool sequences. There was a lot of overall plotty stuff to the bigger picture and not so much servicing the movie itself. Right. Right. And is Mary Poppins cool? She's cool. She's cool. <laughs> She's, She's cool. cool. She's yeah. cool. Yeah, no, that I think that, that was an amazing achievement that they took you from Yandu being a jerk in the first movie to this movie. You're, you're sympathetic that he actually did save Star Lord's life. He, he he did save, you know, he probably killed countless other children that he brought to Ego prior to this, but he did save his life. He has been his guardian this whole time, has looked out for him and cared for him, and, and he's kind of his dad. So cool. And it has what will soon be Adam Warlock, right? He was in that right. pod. That's true. That's very true. Yep. <laughs> very cool. So I think if anyone has problems with this movie, I think it's very fair. I think there's some fun to have because it's Guardians. So it definitely has its fun moments. And that will bring us to Spider-Man Homecoming 2017. We are finally introduced to Spider-Man. Not introduced to him, but he gets his own movie in the MCU. And we are bringing it back to Bill. Not telling the origin story was such a good idea. And also, and it's not a dig towards either the previous two, but you never, I personally did not realize how old the other two were playing Spider-Man because I was similar in age. Some would argue I still am similar in age to them. So I was like, yeah, that's what it would be. It would be that. That's how Spider-Man should be. And when, you you look, s- when you look back at Tobey Maguire, it's like watching John Travolta in Greece. It's like, yeah, he's <laughs> in high school, but he looks like he's 30. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
but now seeing uh tom holland's interpretation of it it's just so cool it really makes you feel the previous how i remember growing up spider-man felt to me where you know when he's fighting uh uh, any of his adversaries and they're adult humans fighting him and you're like oh my god this little kid's getting beat up right now it's it gives me the same feeling of when you see robin like robin one-on-one go at it not so much i don't know i obviously this is a marvel movie podcast so people might be familiar but when damian wayne fights i never feel he's in danger in any of the storylines i'm like oh man damian's gonna cut that guy up in a lot of pieces like that guy's gonna lose you know but like the original Dick Grayson Robin, those early stories, later early stories, because earlier stories are like, we have to fight the bubblegum machine. But like once they got past that and, you know, they started dealing with some serious stuff and Robin would get beat up. It's the same thing for me as Tom Holland Spider-Man. We're like, this is a kid that got powers. Right. And like this is and he's doing, he, you know, I love that he's been active for a while. They did stuff in quick enough spurts where it just worked out so well. It's the return of Michael Keaton. And when I say that, Michael Keaton coming back to just a really great role, playing a great villain. And it was a cool way to tie it to the early, it tied it into Avengers in a way that didn't feel forced. Like, this whole villain happened because of Avengers, once again, kind of happened because of Tony Stark. Like, it was just, it was so cool. It was so, so cool how they tied it into that. And, and Shocker was in it. They didn't even mention that Shocker was in it. He's like... right. And they did it really well too. And you're like, oh, that's a cool shocker. And sort of Scorpion is kind of introduced and, at and the end. Sort of Scorpion, yeah. yeah. It was no, it was a good movie. I think, you know, it was definitely something where maybe we're kind of experiencing a little bit now where everyone's like, you know, oh, we need another Batman, right? But and I remember when Hollow's cast was like, what do you mean it's gonna be a different Spider-Man? And 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 only now, like I remember that first Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie. I remember like, that's okay, whatever. They had to make it to make it. It wasn't terrible. That second one was Poops McGee. That was just not a good, that was not a good flick. He was not Spider-Man in any capacity in that. One of the online reviewers uh, on, um, it's a little site, YouTube. It's it's an up and coming thing. They, uh, I remember them talking about how you're supposed to believe that Andrew Garfield is this like dorky kid who gets picked on. And you're like, no, that's like clearly the hunkiest dude in the frame right now. And he skateboarded into the scene. Like, what is happening? Like, Ho Holland plays it great. I think he did great. I think, you know, having Iron Man in it was great to show him, like, not, I mean, kind of helping him when things got a little too big, but also being like, no, you're done. I'm, give me the tech back. Like, you got to figure this out. And that's how he has to fight. It was a great movie. It was a great movie. It's a shame that no one can play nice and there's got to be all these like stipulations every time they want to use characters and everything because ultimately I think it's doing a disservice to one there's so much money to be made if they all play nice and two so many so many better stories could be told because it seems like currently as much as you'll hear me complain because what do nerds do but complain They're, Disney honestly is one of the companies doing right with their Marvel superheroes let me make that clear. They're Marvel superhero movies. More often than not, they're letting they're letting they're doing the they're doing the right thing by the character. Not always. More often than not, just not in Star Wars. Yeah, I agree with uh, most of what Bill was saying. I love that it wasn't another origin story in the same sense. It is still an origin story, just not you know the same as as we've seen two times already on film. You don't need to explore that again by introducing him in you know Civil War. He's already Spider-Man. He's been at it for a little bit. You'd say fully formed, but he's still not fully formed. He's still kind of finding his way. And I think by not having the same 
you know, we have to, we have to put the weight of uncle Ben on his shoulders and having Tony Stark kind of be like the adoptive father figure of sorts really, you know, ends up paying off down the line, you know, at the, uh, at the end of the phase as well, which we'll get to, but oh, go what, ahead, Bill. What if the, what if the post credit scene is Tony Stark and Peter Parker sitting together and, and Peter goes, you should use your real name. And Tony Stark's like, what? And he goes, Uncle Ben. And then everyone's like, that doesn't make any sense. And it just cuts the credits. Just to give a little dig to Dark Knight Rises. Oh, God. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, no, no, you're all, you're all good, man. We're here to have fun. I just um, love that. Is the cheat that, that will always be the cheesiest thing in any superhero movie ever. I don't care if worse than Batman and Robin. And being like, you should use your real name. The superhero known as Robin. <laughs> what? Good. Yeah, you know, we'll, there'll be a time when we discuss that more more thoroughly. But you already touched on it, Bill, and I'm going to kind of dive full into it. Michael Keaton is amazing in this movie. I think one of the highlight scenes is just the scene when they're in the car on the way to, was it the prom or is it just yeah. a dance? I think it was the prom. Was the prom. Yeah. Right? And it's just, it's just Peter... And, and the vulture. Oh, wait, and is it Homecoming? A, oh, it could be Homecoming. Homecoming dance. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's in the title. That's, that That's sounds right. right. That totally sounds right. We did a, it. <laughs> a, a formal dance of some sort. That's good enough school. by me. Yep, that's right. fair. That's fair. But, okay. the, but the tension in that scene is amazing. I love Tom Holland for multiple reasons. Number one, it's the only Spider-Man that has an accent from Queens, which I appreciate, but he's the right blend. Like Tobey Maguire, I believed as Peter Parker, didn't really believe as Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield, I believed as Spider-Man and didn't believe as Peter Parker. And Tom Holland's like the perfect blend of the two where he's believable as both. He's believable as a high schooler, which is really nice. And I think he brings... He brings everything to this movie. Like Tom Holland in multiple interviews, it's widely known that he loved Spider-Man from the time he was a kid. This is a dream role for him. And he's also the reason why we're getting another Spider-Man because he apparently drunkenly called Kevin Feige to beg them to get a deal done because he wanted to play more, more Spider-Man. So we have to love Tom Holland. I love Tom Holland. The other highlight scene for me is after the big battle with the Vulture when he's under the rubble just the desperation like there's there's an emotional depth to his performance that i don't think you really saw in any of the previous spider-man movies and a lot of those were decent to very good but he's he's a phenomenal find zendaya i think is also very good uh i think she's more important in the second one than this one but she's like great comic relief a perfect straight man with like the driest humor that you can possibly imagine but it's a it's a really enjoyable movie i think you have great villains you have some great easter eggs you have like donald glover in there who everyone thought was gonna be miles morales right right exactly and that's kind of part of the reason why he got cast it's it's really great to see spider-man done really well and then to have that also tied so beautifully into the mcu was just like chef's kiss for me awesome yeah you guys both probably hit the nail on the head for us mark took the words out of my mouth i was gonna say Tobey Maguire was a believable peter parker too nerdy to be spider-man andrew garfield bill you said it him skateboarding in like he's too cool <laughs> but, but he was actually a really good spider-man in the suit you know the, with the with the little quips and and the way he joked around tom holland was great and tom holland has said i will play this role till basically they tell me 
I can't do it anymore. And I love when actors say that, you know, Chris Hemsworth said it too. He's like, I will keep playing Thor till they tell me I can't. And it disappoints me when guys like Chris Evans, or Robert Downey, are like, you know, I did it for too long. I'm done. You know, I, I used, you know, I, I spent enough energy and time. It's like, no, people want you to play the part. They want to give you money. You play that damn part. So well, Evans, I, Evans is back, right? Wow, well, yeah. that's all. That's all rumors now. So we'll see. But no, this um, is a segment where we run with hearsay. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I love rumors. <laughs> yeah, but I love that about Tom Holland. This has the best twist in MCU in the whole all three phases. There's no better twist than him answering the door and seeing Michael Keaton answer the door. Oh yeah, there is nobody. So nobody saw that coming, and they played with race a little bit there, and they tricked us, and it's great, and I love it. And I agree with you, Mark. That tension in the cars is fantastic. Does he know? Does he not know? What does he know? Does he know it's me? It's all great, but I love when he answered that door. Everyone in the movie theater, and I think there was like some woman nearby that was like, oh my God, like <laughs> nearby me. And it just made it so much better. I'll never forget that, that some woman nearby said that. I remember uh, having the same feeling about that car scene as I did the first time I saw Batman Returns, where they're dancing and they're talking back and forth to each other. Also, Michael Keaton. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's a Keaton thing. The he Keaton has it in his contract. <laughs> but yeah, that scene where him and Selena Kyle are talking and they kind of figure out that uh, they're Batman. Also, I know it's not a Batman podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's not. Uh, it seems like it's really trending in that direction. <laughs> oh, I'll get us there. Uh, if in that scene, if you notice, he is the only one in the masquerade party not wearing a mask because Bruce Wayne is his mask, and that is a cool little touch. I don't, actually, she's not wearing and, one either. But then he is wearing a mask. Ah, see? see? We're all wearing masks, Phil. <laughs> there exists a universe. <laughs> yeah. So I hope you guys have enjoyed our Batman podcast. <laughs> As we say, na-na-na-na-na-na-na. <laughs> so I, I do agree with you guys. Uh, this movie is good. I don't think for me, or for I don't think for most people, it's not a top five or top 10. If you had to go through the 20 plus movies, I think it's, again, it's a solid, good movie. It's, I don't know if it's the best Spider-Man movie. I mean, it's, is he the best Spider-Man? I think, yes. Is it the best Spider-Man movie? I don't know. I don't know. I think that's a different conversation, but I think it's a solid MCU entry. It has the hottest Aunt May. Sorry. Uh, Marissa Tomei kills it. <laughs> sorry, Sally Field. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sorry. Every other actress, there was 16 above, <laughs> but this movie was really good. And I think like Bill said, adding Tony Stark to it kind of as his mentor. I think that was a smart move. That's going to bring us back to Mark to lead it off for Thor Ragnarok, which was the third movie in the Thor series. This came out in 2017, was famously a new director. Uh, Mark, who was the director for Thor Ragnarok? Taika Waititi. I asked you to say it because I asked you to say it because I would not pronounce it correctly. <laughs> oh, we're not looking to get canceled, Matt. <laughs> no, no. Taika Waititi was such an amazing find, and him and Chris Hemsworth really working in tandem together on the direction they wanted to go, and you know, kind of figuring out there's this other dimension to Thor that we can really, really tap into that we haven't really delved into enough in the past to make this movie different and super fun and it pays off in spades this movie is so good it is one of the most rewatchable 
MCU movies for me. If I want to watch MCU movies, I obviously, again, we've, we've gone over this. I'm biased towards Captain America. But if I'm going to go off the beaten path away from Captain America, Winter Soldier, greatest movie in the MCU, I go to Thor Ragnarok because it is great storytelling. It is side-splittingly funny. There's an incredible drama in it as well. It's a perfect balance of everything. And Chris Hemsworth is so good as Thor in almost all the movies in general, but this is where he feels really at home. And then they embrace this even more so going forward, which we'll be covering later. But the soundtrack is great. The visuals are great. The inclusion of Hulk in this movie is amazing. I, I can't say enough about it. It's just, it's just so well done and so funny and so perfect. I'll have more thoughts later, but right now I'm just, I'm just thinking about how much I like it. Yeah. Awesome. Bill, you're up. Yeah, it struck a it was a huge, huge swing. And and they and they knocked it out of the park. They did it. They they hit hit it out of the park. You know, they including Hulk was such a smart move. I wonder if he was supposed to if that was a thing from the jump, or was that a reaction to everyone being like, Where is Hulk from the end of Civil War? You know? Uh, not Civil War, from the end of uh, Age of Ultron. They changed the Hulk character a little bit to be more uh charismatic, I would say. Uh, Cause he stays as a Hulk now, you know, introducing Jeff Goldblum into this. It had, it was just a totally different, it felt more like a guardian sequel than guardians two did. You know, it had, it was fun. It was a fun movie, but also had like a really, I mean, she kills all of Asgard. Yeah, <laughs> so so it's there's like, dark. yeah, it goes places, man. It, it goes real dark. The buy for us gets destroyed again. Right. Isn't that like a thing that happens every movie that's supposed to be a big turning point. You're like, I'll be back. I think she, I, I, I enjoyed her as a villain. I thought she was pretty cool. Actually, you know what to the sister you never knew ultimately the, how she came about kind of whatever, but well, it's kind of whatever. Cause it's very comic booky. It was done really well. Visuals were really cool. It had some great fight scenes. I would argue it's a cool counterpoint to civil war. It took the characters that were absent and had them have their own like team up buddy movie where you were like, there they are doing things. And it changed, like you said, it changed who those characters were. They, that this is how they are from here out. Like this completely changed what those characters were up to this point, you know, in a good way too. Um, I loved it. I thought it was a really good movie done really well. Goldblum was awesome. <laughs> oh, and, and it had Loki, you know, I honestly, right. and I, this is not a dig to, to Tom Hiddleston, Tom Hiddleston. Sorry, Tom. He's obviously waiting in chat. It had Loki in it. Like, it had and he was good in it it just it was overshadowed by how good the main story was and how entertaining that main story was and i like that the whole i know him from work line was written by a kid that visited the set that's oh that's a, amazing yeah that's because that's because that's, that's that is like the line of the movie <laughs> so <laughs> that's cool yeah this this movie i think you both said it it's fun it's it's rewatchable this is probably the movie i've visited the most in only the you know 3 or 4 years since it's out even since the first trailer or images you saw, it had a very 70s, 80s vibe to it, which was cool. Some of the visuals, some of the artwork for the movie. I love the introduction of Valkyrie, Tessa Thompson. I think she's awesome. Carl Urban gets thrown, gets to throw his hat in the ring. And That's right. It's, it's, it's a cool part, uh, Scourge. You have Anthony Hopkins kind of reprising his role again. And then seeing Mark Ruffalo, as you guys said, bringing Hulk in was a smart move. It, it brings that cross-contamination you know it brings in that other character to kind of throw his his monkey wrench into the story and this movie's fun it, some i have friends that don't like this movie they say that the comic book 
inaccuracies are at their highest here than any other MCU story. They say the Planet Hulk, the Hela stories, the any of the characters here are basically further from how the stories originally played out than anywhere else. The Ragnarok story, and that didn't bother me because I thought the movie was just so good. It was just so entertaining. And they took elements of stories that I knew and just tossed them together. And I was fine with that. And I think most people are. I think the overwhelming majority of people find this movie to be very, very good. I think it's unanimously in like everyone's top five, top three Marvel movies. I think they, I think this is a big turning point for the MCU. I think people realized that the tone shift and people say the tone shift for Thor was inaccurate to his character. It didn't even feel like the same Thor that you saw previously. And I think it's believable enough. I think you could believe that he got to this place. This is who he is. But what they did with soundtrack, it's got Guardians of Galaxy type soundtrack moments. It's got awesome visuals. It's got the story. The characters moved out the place. Like you said, bringing Loki in is is awesome. It's key to this movie. It This has some Star Wars Guardians type space stuff as well, which is super weird, fun, and crazy. Yeah. One of the moments I laughed at is when Carl Urban shot his Asgardian machine gun at things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they have guns. All right. <laughs> well, you know, if, if I, I think for me, one one sequence I think that really is uh, obviously thought of highly by most people is just like the cold open, mm-hmm. where where Thor's monologuing. I love hanging it. Hanging from a chain. It's so. I think you hilarious. get a sense for what the movie's gonna be. Right. As he's spinning around, and the villain, who's this giant fiery demon, is basically like monologuing to Thor and Thor goes, wait, 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 I can't see you. Wait till I come back around. And you just sit there in silence for five to 10 seconds till Thor, yep. he goes, okay, okay, we're good. Continue. Which and is that's when you realize, brilliant. you realize the quirkiness and the weirdness of, of Taika. Yeah. Taika and everything he's touched since this movie, I've become a huge fan of. Uh, he did that. Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit was weird and fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And he's played a part in Mandalorian. He's directed and been a voice actor in that. Right. And I am so excited now for Thor 4 because I know he's written it. He's in charge of it. I will see anything this man does. Yeah. He was an incredible find. But I think you you really hit the nail on the head with that is the timing on that and the trust that you have to have to let your your actor just take a beat and know that it's going to land. But if That's that doesn't, trust. but if that doesn't work, oh, it's, Thor was in a crickets. dark place. He was in a dark world place. He was in a dark. <laughs> if he doesn't recover, if this didn't like land these jokes and this yeah. humor, I mean, we're not talking about Thor in any more movies. It's like, all right, right. how do we write Thor off? Because this isn't working. Right. Then he probably gets killed off. And now that he he found his humor here, and the Russos, I think, continued that in the right. movies to, to come. And he, I think, they found who this character was here. Definitely. I mean, what would if you guys had to estimate the price of those seconds of silence? Like, what's the dollar value on that? I think now does that add to the humor of it? Where you're just like, this is shocking that they let this get through. That's hard as an actor, and whether you're a stage actor, movie actor, to find that type of timing, yeah, and to and to believe in that that to work. Yeah. So uh, I knew I knew that Matt was going to be the one that would really take to that because I was thinking about it from like a theater perspective. It's like when you when you have a conductor and an actor that are in sync together, and they're like, okay, you can take a a beat, take an extra well, couple beats here to really feels, have it hit. It almost feels like something that's improv. 
or yeah. something they thought of on set. Hey, why don't we try this? Because you wouldn't write that into a script. You wouldn't be like, oh, Thor's rolling around, so he waits. Like, no, you don't. That's something that right. is improv. You feel it out that day on set. So I love right. that. I love that and they're improv and they're playing with it. I love that. Yeah. Could you imagine it was all that kid? Every joke in the whole movie, <laughs> that kid was on set that day. And he's like, oh, mister, why don't you take another beat there? He's like just the funniest human being, but he's like two and a half or whatever. The kid nailed it for the, we know each other from work. It's that was line. such a phenomenal I line. I also like the uh, the help me stuff where Loki's kind of like, I'm not doing the help me thing again. They're like, <laughs> There's this, some clever. There's some clever scenes. Are you really there? And he's throwing things at his head a bunch of yeah. times. The interplay. Yeah. yeah. This, the, the relationship between them. I think like Thor: Dark World. I know we said that movie is a, is like a, a garbage fire for the most part, but it has nice Thor Loki moments that I think right. prosper there and even prosper more so here. And here they're yeah. actually. They're having fun with each other. He's like, oh, this one time when, when Loki was little and he turned into a snake and I love snakes. And then he, he bit me and jumped out. It's like, it's just so yeah. funny. Kind of the, the back and forth between the two. Completely forgetting that Loki tried to murder him right. a, <laughs> a lot and, of times and destroy existence as we know it. You it's know. it's awesome. Listen, it's awesome. They're, they're brothers. It's complicated. Of course. I, it would be remiss of me not to, to mention we had another Hemsworth in this movie, the, the eldest Hemsworth, Luke Hemsworth. And uh, Matt Damon in a, a play that that Loki had put on, uh, which was also hilarious, really setting the tone early with like, this is going to be yeah, very totally. different. This is a much different movie than The Dark World. And well, we also didn't so even mention Korg, who yeah. I think like every line he says is hilarious, like from where they're imprisoned to the end. Like, I feel like Korg steals every scene he's in. Again, there's always plenty of room on this uh, YTT bandwagon. Just jump on board. Yep, totally. Yeah. <laughs> so anything else, guys, on Thor Ragnarok, or shall we uh, continue on our journey? What was the – I know the mid-credits was the Collector leaving, right? Um, Not the Collector, I, Jeff Goldblum's character leaving. So the end of Thor Ragnarok was they pulled up they're, – they're in the ship – and they pull up and Thanos' ship pulls up in front of them. It's like a right. hundred oh, times right, right. there. It leads you basically straight into, into Infinity War. Infinity War. Yeah. The post credit scene is is Jeff Goldblum being like, um, let's call, let's see, we both we all won. <laughs> uh, which is a phenomenal just it's comedic great. uh ending to that. But we have to talk briefly at the very end about the music. Obviously, the immigration song is like what was known from the trailer and that huge sequence, including uh, Carl Urban with his space machine guns. Mm -hmm. um, but my favorite poll that they had in the soundtrack was like the Will from, from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. They had like pure imagination very briefly in the movie. And I think that was the, the, the best poll. It's awesome. No, I love those type of callbacks, you know? Yeah, it's fun. Definitely. So that will bring us to the final movie we will be discussing on today's pod. And that is The Black Panther, which came out in 2018. And Mark is gesturing that I should begin once again. So I will begin. And Black Panther was, was a very interesting story in that this movie was a, a cultural phenomenon. I think everyone here can say that this movie took off Definitely. and it, this took off like an Avengers movie did. I mean, as far as box office and the mainstream success that it got, and it's hard to ignore what this movie did for people. And I think it's, it's important to state that. And for an origin movie, that's not easy to do because I don't think the black Panther was a very recognizable or known character, even in civil war, I would say his part was, was, 
was fine. I acknowledged it before, but it wasn't like it stole the movie that people were dying to see this movie. But this movie, very early on, people were excited for it. The trailer showed promise, but Wakanda, which is very important in the Marvel world, this area that has vibranium and was key to the Marvel story, the great late Chadwick Boseman, who it's really sad. It's tragic what happened to this man because I think he had a really bright future. And he's done several movies after these movies where he's been really successful. He actually just, I believe, won a Golden Globe. But anyway, I enjoyed the movie. I thought the movie was was really solid. I think it had some James Bond feels to it. I think some of the areas they went and some of the scenes he had were almost felt very Bond espionage-ish. I thought the female characters were really strong in this movie. And I, I enjoyed that. I enjoy seeing really strong female characters on screen. I feel like it gives some balance out there because these movies are so male heavy sometimes so the the female love interest as well as his first in command his first guard are both awesome female characters and also his sister who is kind of like the q of the james bond who's got the inventions so i thought this movie was really cool i thought the cultural dynamic of it the the wakanda feel to it was really cool i thought the the references to Lion King were, were definitely there in in death and honoring of parents and an homage to dead before them was really cool. And I thought the villain, I think that people have said it before, Michael B. Jordan was really good. And I think he's one of the better villains of the MCU. And I think his story is understandable. You kind of see his arc and where he gets to where he where he goes to. Big fan. I think this movie, I think it's solid. I don't people put this in their top tier. And I'm sorry I'm going long here, guys. People put this in their top tier. They say this is a top three, top five, and they said it when it came out. This is it's a solid movie for me, but it, I think for me it's still middle of the pack. I think it's a solid middle of the pack MCU movie, which is not a knock at it. I think Spider-Man: Homecoming fits in there, Doctor Strange fits in there, but people put this in their top three, and I think it's missing some some things that other movies have that put it at the top tier. I'm with you completely on what you're you know kind of describing there. I think the casting for this movie is phenomenal. Chadwick Boseman was a fantastic T'Challa. I think Michael B. Jordan is very very talented in general i think he's fine i personally didn't love killmonger as a villain as as uh much as other people his story arc doesn't strike me the same way some other you know villains story arcs might have i don't find him to be someone that you relate to like very early in his first battle with t'challa he takes his shirt off and you see him covered in dots and they're like what are those he's like this is all of the kills that i have i'm like oh this guy is a mass murderer and then i'm supposed to relate to him on a human level no not gonna happen but (laughs) continuing my praise you have lapita uh, nyango you have denai guerrera from walking you know dead fame and also you have uh daniel kalia who is like killing it in everything that he's in recently as well. So you have really great casting. I think Ryan Coogler does a great job creating a world. Absolutely. A feel in this movie that's very different from the other films. It has a very specific feel, you know, kind of like we were talking about Dr. Strange feels like it's entrenched in more of the, you know, with the astral plane and a light, a little bit more of the, the horror genre. This has a very different feel to it. I think it's a fine movie. I think it's, it was, we can't discount that it was a cultural phenomenon and it, it was really important to so many people, 
but from a plot standpoint i think it was very simplistic and there's nothing wrong with that but there's nothing mind-blowing or genre defining as far as plots concerned there are lots of things this movie does that are out of this world plot is not one of them you can easily call it like you briefly referenced like a lion king story you'd be like yep that's about right but that being said my issues with it notwithstanding it it's a it's a very enjoyable movie and it it's really important because it sets up how important and how advanced wakanda is since that becomes earth's last stand so you need to set that world and its importance properly in order for everything to hit later so within the mcu itself really important that they did it right and they really did it right Excellent. Bill? Um, I would just like to say, <clears throat> hold on, I wrote this down. This is a very important movie, and I liked everything about it. Thank you. <laughs> Great work, uh, Bill. Yeah. No, I, um, I, we talked about this kind of, we got going on it after we finished last uh, pod off, um, off mic, or on mic, but not recorded. I think the first part of this movie is phenomenal. I think the second part of this movie is phenomenal. I use that word phenomenal a lot, but it's really good. I enjoy the aesthetic of it. Once they get back to Wakanda and the story settles in there, I love it. I'm buying it. I believe this is a this to me this you, it exists. You know, it's solid. It feels grounded. It feels like there's depth to it. It, 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 it. Even though it's over, you know, it is CG. It doesn't feel that way. It feels like there's sets built and there's people and there's a culture and they're doing chores and they're doing these like little, you know, the, the farming and it, it's very grounded in like it just felt great the fight on top of the waterfall you see all these other tribes you're like oh man there's such a rich history here that i want to know more about and then it goes to a cg punch fest at the end and it completely for my taste i talked about before completely just took all of that out where i was like the fight atop the waterfall was so much more impactful than yeah. the end battle then and it just michael b jordan was great Bozeman was great. It, it, it was a very, very good movie. Again, that's fine. Story was simple. Story was simple. And that's okay. It doesn't always have to be crazy, but it just, it, it that third final battle, that third act for me was just too much. My personal taste was just too CG too. It felt rushed. It didn't look on par with the rest of the movie. It, it, it almost felt like it was a totally different movie. You know, you spend so much time with this like very organic looking feeling a top layer uh, set and then you know they go down to the lab and there's a science lab but even that feels like it fits in the grand scheme of things and you're okay with right. it and then once you get on that light railroad it just i don't know it you know just... what the visuals remind me of there it reminded me of tron yeah you know the yeah. trains and them fighting and just the way they moved and just the visuals of it very had a tron feel to it and i agree with you i think that final battle besides their one purple suit one's like a yellowish orange it's hard to decipher what's happening, who's moving. It, they right. didn't, who's it didn't winning? Feel, yeah, yeah. It, it, I totally agree with you, Bill. Yeah. Bill, would you say that that last fight is where the movie went off the rails for you? <laughs> <laughs> yes. While, while taking place on the rails, it went yep. off the rails. Yeah, I, it, you know, it had that rubber band effect that you get sometimes with specifically Spider-Man is when I would think of that. Like if you go watch the first original Spider-Man movies, there's scenes that are great, and then there's scenes where you're like, that's not a person, that's a little rubber man thing, you know? Right. And it looked on par with that. And you're like, I just saw them pull this off really well. And that's not putting the movie down. And actually, one of the things I really, really loved about the movie is that 
people were buying theaters out for kids to go see it. Yeah, that was amazing. And that's so cool. And it's something that I never had to think about. And now thinking about it, like, I, I love that. I, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, I think we also uh, being from New York or, you know, if you're in New York, California, you know, we watch what 98% of TV shows and they sound like us. Right. That's true. You know, I couldn't, I can't even, and, and, and it's just something I hadn't ever even put thought into to like, you know, to be watching all of these major motion pictures and sitting there being like, well, this doesn't represent me at all. And it's, and that's, what's so awesome that this movie happened. I, I, I will, I will forever love that fact that it did it. It didn't do it in a patronizing way. It didn't even do it in a way where, Unfortunately, there's a lot of bad out there in the world, but even those people could not stop this movie. Those people couldn't, there were no, you know, there might've been protests, but it got squashed. Like it was just clear right. that like, no, 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 this is a good thing. And right. I think it's important to realize that not every movie is specifically for every single person. It's nice to have movies made for different types of audiences. And I think that's great. Yep. I did not mention before a two standout people that I love in this movie uh, first, Andy Serkis. I think he was in Age of Ultron, but barely. I mean, it's barely even worth mentioning. Here, I think he really plays an over-the-top, crazy character, and I love him in this. I think he's a nutty villain. I think he's actually a better villain. Sorry, Michael B. Jordan. I think he's better, he's more threatening than Michael B. Jordan in this. I agree with you. He is definitely unhinged. Yeah. Uh, Andy Serkis is another one of those special types of talents that I think I'll see anything that he does, and I think he's good in almost everything that he does i like the diversity of what he can do and this showed right. a lot of range and then lastly i'm always impressed by the ageless angela bassett as playing black panther's mother playing chadwick's mother in this and the woman doesn't age i mean she's been around for a while as far as acting yeah. and performing and again getting people of her caliber doing these type of movies and these type of roles, I think it just adds credibility. And as you said, the directing and the writing in this is phenomenal. Ryan Coogler really nailed that. And yes, we might have, the story might not be, go to the best places, might not all work, but I think he I think he did a good job. I think he did a fine job. I, I, I'm i glad that you mentioned Angela Bassett because I forgot to mention Forrest Whitaker. Yep, I saw him how, too in the cast how, listing. How did I forget to mention Forrest Whitaker? I, I, well, I mean, he had a very short role in this film. He did. But he is, he's he's very good. He's, he's very everything. good in short he's, roles. He's in everything. He's in absolutely like, everything. He's so briefly in Rogue One. I know it's not a Star Wars podcast yep. either, yep. but he's so good in that too. Yeah. Just, just hire Forrest Whitaker to be there for Act One <laughs> to get your movie going. I think he the is first so good. I think the first movie I remember seeing him in, just he was memorable to me, was in Phone Booth with, oh, with, with Colin, Colin Farrell. Farrell. <laughs> and people, people what think a pull. that people think that movie is a joke. It and I think I, I think I saw it maybe twice in movie theaters in theaters <laughs> in theaters i, I don't know I why i haven't seen that in theaters i enjoyed that that movie just the whole thing took place <laughs> that's I how you matt that's how you sign on each podcast now I'm, hey, what's going on, some, everyone? I'm losing so much credibility if i had any with the audience right now it's a guilty plush i haven't watched it in years My, but 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 that's how i remember him first and that's the first memorable, yeah. memorable performance where i was like he took a crap movie, but he put some like heart and feel into it. He was actually very good in that. Did you I, buy, did you buy it on DVD? 
I'm sure I did. I mean, I don't own it anymore, but I'm sure. It's it's definitely somewhere behind me. I was trying trying to support Forrest Whitaker. That specifically, that means you're easily over $50 into that movie. The phone booth. Like when I tell people I've spent dumb money in my life on things that that's one of them. That's that's up. I remember seeing, oh God, little Nikki a lot. Oh, that I've never seen to this day. I'm so proud. I've seen in every- the theater. Yeah. I've never seen it. In my defense, okay. I was like 14, but he, Adam Sandler was hitting like on all cylinders before that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I get that it. Had I don't, a, that I don't had a judge named, anyone. That had a character named Tithead. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh Not boy. not really a shining moment in my movie going history, but that was Kevin. I feel Neal, like. Right? I feel like in the interest of saving my co-host here, I had to mention that as well. Yeah, I Kevin appreciate Nealon. you backing me. I feel like it's important when you're a movie lover to watch all types of movies, good, bad, and terrible. Including the dumpster fires. Yes, and sometimes you have, you have to. to see them more it than makes once. You, it makes in twice in theater sometimes. Yeah. It makes you appreciate the good that much more. All right, That's you guys. True. All right. All Uh-oh. right. Uh-oh. Bill's guilty pleasure. No, well, it's not a guilty pleasure, but I have, I have a movie that I'm not proud that I saw. One of the few movies I saw twice in the theater. Uh, at the time it was uh, attack of the clones came out right already not a good start for you and i was uh my my girlfriend at the time was super nice and uh she was like i got us opening night tickets for attack of the clones and i was like oh my god that's awesome thank you so much you know i'm super psyched my buddy hit me up like three days previous uh prior rather and was like hey you remember when movie theaters would do that every once in a while? Like a theater just wouldn't announce it. And you, and if you like just showed up, they're like, oh yeah, we're showing a couple days early, like at one random time. Yeah. My buddy was at the theater and he called me up and he's like, they're showing Attack of the Clones right now. Do you want to come see it? And I was like, absolutely. So I went oh, to go see no. it and I didn't tell her because I was like, she did this really nice thing. And I mean, she's not going to listen to this podcast. She might listen. Who knows? <laughs> if you do subscribe to the Patreon um, when they make it, <laughs> um, they, uh, and I, so I go to see Attack of the Clones and I was like, oh, that sucked. And then because she was so excited because she did such a nice thing in her mind, I had to go and see Attack of the Clones a second time oh, and pretend to not know the How thing. How bad it was? Right. So like when Yoda with the spoilers, when Yoda comes like walking in with the lightsaber. What? Yoda has a lightsaber? I had to like, <laughs> I'm in a theater of people being like, you know, mixed, but people like actually losing their minds. And I had to be like, whoa, crazy. <laughs> did you, during the movie, did you like lightly graze her arm and be like, you know, sand is so coarse, but on this planet, things are so smooth. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, you're not sand, babe. You're not sand. Oh my God, that George Lucas. So that that is that is a movie that had too much of my money. Yeah, yeah. All right, but that's fair. that's a that's a fair and honest. Uh, and to I, this day, I don't. She doesn't. I mean, not that I talked to her. I haven't talked to her in like twenty something years. But that is the first time that this story outside of that other dude so i just she just put her top 10 movie list on facebook and actually number one is attack of the clones so (laughs) (laughs) dot 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 not for the plot (laughs) (laughs) so that will round out this week's episode we thought it'd be just way too much to tackle entire phase three they should have separated into phase three and four i don't know why they didn't is phase four going to be like 37 movies because they're growing we might each get one, there. so we might get there so yeah we have a bunch left to talk about we hope everyone does return for our final conversation next time 
Uh, we'll start with Mark. Where can people find you? I'm still on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Fidelis, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at TV. Thank you, Mark. And Bill, thank you for joining us again. Where could people find you? Uh, I mean, until I haven't, we haven't, we're still editing the, um, the rom-com podcast <laughs> audacity while free and great. Uh, I was not trained on it and I'm kind of fumbling around. Uh, so that'll come out. And then I haven't really been on Twitch aside from just lurking and watching other people play games that like day of the tentacle. I've been a big watch through of that. Did you guys play that game back in the day? No. Heard of it though. Definitely heard of it. Were you LucasArts gamers? Yeah, sure. Point yeah. and click. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's it. And just doing a bunch of Mario 3D world. Uh, maybe I'll get on Twitch again at some point. Maybe I won't. Who knows? I like this podcast thing when I don't have, when I don't have to edit them. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I'm sorry. I continue, I'm sorry. I continue to talk about the same three Batman movies and star Wars every single time. So tune into Bill's future Batman podcast. Cause yeah, I was, that's where this is going. I hear the word podcast and I can only assume that it's either about Dungeons and Dragons, improv comedy, Batman, or, or Martha, Star Wars. Martha Wayne. <laughs> so Martha, and, yeah. Martha. Well, what did you say that I again? feel like I feel like the three of us are gonna have to do a Zack Snyder Justice League four hour podcast recap. I feel I'm like so we're gonna excited. have to like right after do like a recap or like a hot take afterwards. So I'm so I'm just gonna sit here and watch the two of you just eat your words. <laughs> I would love Bill, to. Bill, I am rooting for myself for me to have to eat my words. I just don't see it happening. I want to watch a good four hour movie. Mm-hmm. I don't want to watch a bad Gone with the Wind. I want to yeah. watch. <laughs> Could you like? I, I just I, I don't think the whole thing's gonna be great. I think I there's just gonna be one that's gonna there's gonna be one, one scene, scene in the whole movie. That's yeah. a, that's enough. That's enough for me. I'll just say, be- Bill, it's like there better be more than one scene. The proprietary like property of of DC is like a person tied to a railroad track. <laughs> And the movie's the train. Who's rooting for the train? We're all rooting for the person to get away. I want to be surprised, but I think I know what's going to happen. We're going to. So, we're just... Sorry, sorry, Zach. I, I know you're waiting in the waiting room, waiting to join us. Sorry for uh, insulting you're, your work. You're, you're still in good company, though. Uh, you got Martin Scorsese with <laughs> yeah. you. So. You are in good company. So before we wrap, gentlemen, tonight is the finale of WandaVision and this will go live probably about a week after it so we're not going to spoil because we don't know anything (laughs) but could I get some what you think could potentially happen what you think realistically not what you want to happen what do you think will happen I think it's going to be a fairly straightforward wrap up that's not to say it's going to be bad I think it's I think it's been very good and I expect it to still be a very good finale but it's going to tie into Doctor Strange, so you're going to see Cumberbatch, so the Cumberbitches will be happy. But I think it's going to be fairly straightforward. People expecting a massive twist, I think, will be massively disappointed. But I don't think they'll be disappointed in the episode as a whole, though. Okay, great. And Bill? I think there is going to be a point where she completely starts to lose control of her powers. And I think that's where Doctor Strange shows up to throw her into some sort of multiverse i think he i think she creates a multiverse and pulls him into it with her uh, uh, you know as he kind of like say is saving reality as we know it 
I think there's going to be a sweet vision on vision battle, which would be cool or CG enough. It just ends on a light, light railroad system with them punching each other. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, I like this. <laughs> it, it, again, it could have been condensed for my taste, but to watch to to watch it in real time unfold week to week was cool. I don't think it has the replayability that a lot of the movies do. And I'm excited that they're going to keep, hopefully Catherine Hahn sticks around for that Fantastic Four movie. And then she watches their son as her initial introduction was, because that'd be cool. I think Strange shows up and kind of like pseudo saves our reality and throws her somewhere else. I do also think this is how they create mutants. Maybe not in this series. I think by the end of the Doctor Strange or at, because the rumor is Scarlet Witch is at Big Bad for Phase 4, right? Or she's one of the bigger bads. I think either taking her down or in like one of the battles, she she enhances anyone's powers out there that has them already. My biggest concern and worry is, I, I think leading up to this, I think every episode has been really good. I even think the weakest episode has been pretty pretty darn good. And all the TV theme stuff in the beginning was a lot of fun. Then we got more plot stuff. more. This is more mystery than we've gotten so far. People guessing what's going to happen week to week. But I think this has so many loose ends that can they manage to tie it all up tonight? I mean, you have... Catherine Hahn's storyline, you have the twins, you have the white vision, you have the quote unquote real vision that she created that wants to know what's going on. He really can't exist outside this hex. And you have, there's other plot lines that I haven't even begun to discuss here. Monica Rambo, do we know what, what's going to be happening to her? She's starting to mutate. So there, I feel like there's so many plot lines and I don't think, and even the director, I didn't mention the director who works for the government that he's obviously the, the, like the Strucker of this world. So it's, I think there's going to be a lot to tie up and I think this is going to be one of the longer episodes. I think it's going to be like a 40 to 50 minute episode, but can they manage to tie all this up, put a nice bow on it? Or is there going to be some sort of Dr. Strange cliffhanger lead into where this is going to be like must see to understand the movies. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to find out the director said this week, he said, I think some people will be disappointed. He didn't say because he thinks it's going to be a bad episode. He said, he said, you can't make everyone happy. He said, some people have expectations and high hopes out there. And I hope to make as many people happy as possible. But he said, I'm not going to make everyone happy. And I think that's a, a fair statement. I mean, look at Game of Thrones. I mean, that's like the perfect thing to point out. It's hard to land. I think TV shows more than anything because it's build up and build up in week to week. I think it's hard to land an ending. It's hard to land the ship. I'm excited. I'm excited because I don't think we're going to get a season two of the show. It wouldn't make much sense. Right. But yeah, I'm all for. I, I didn't I didn't really make any predictions there like you guys did. <laughs> I just kind of said what my, my worries were. Those are my worries. Those are my woes. Well, we'll find out soon enough. Yep. Mark will stay up and watch it. And uh, probably the rest of us will watch it tomorrow. But yeah, you guys will be four safe. or five days or six days Seven days in the past? I don't know. I'm not doing this. A week and a half in the past? I don't know. Whenever this goes live, you guys have already seen it. Yeah, so get off our backs. <laughs> yeah, you future space people. Okay, so we will end it there. We'll put a nice mic drop right there. Thank you guys very much. Thank you, listeners. Appreciate you guys joining us once again. And please tune in next time. Bye, everyone. From Mark and Matt, thank you for listening to the Hall of Fame movie podcast Check us out on Instagram at Hall of Fame Pod or email us at thehalloffamepod at gmail.com. Please leave us a review and be sure to tune in next time. <laughs> <laughs>